0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition and the advice they have for others. On this episode, I'm joined by Steve Stenzel, CTO of Leap. As the top sales rep at New Look Home Design, Steve knew there had to be a better way to sell than carrying around briefcases full of brochures, standing outside like a scarecrow, holding up multiple sample boards, and wasting time creating an estimate. Thus, Leap was born. Let's dive in and get the full story. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So today I know you're the CTO at Leap. Um and we'll get to more of that later. But I want to go back about twenty years and find out how we got here. So wow. I think that seems so long. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, right? I age myself when I say that. Right. Um I think you and I are both uh members of the high school class of two thousand two. Yep. Uh mm-hmm. and you know something else that's funny is we're both best buy alum. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually twenty years ago it's funny, they they had uh Netflix was out, and I was working in like the DVD music yeah. section or whatever. And uh, at that time, Netflix was like a um, a mail in DVD thing. Yep. So they mail remember. you. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and I'm like, I got to sell this. You know, what is yep. this stuff? <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember. I was like, who would order DVDs? When well, yeah. I want to watch a movie, I want to go get it that night. Yeah. You know, Blockbuster was the thing. Yeah. Because so yeah. they'd have to mail it to you.
0: And then when you're done with it, you mail it back to them. Right. And, uh, you know, look where we are now. Yeah, right? I remember.
1: Like, they, were, they were little red. They look like movie tickets. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. where you sign up. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, so, like, that was one of the things, like, we were trying to sell, you know. And it was like, it was like nobody's going to buy this right. thing. And now look where we at, at it. today. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, crazy. But anyways, I want to go back to, uh, you know, Best Buy, I think, was, what, well, like, one of your first sales jobs, right, where you kind of... Yeah.
1: So, um when I was in high school I, I could I hated school. Yeah. And I wanted to get out early yeah. and I found out that, you know, there was a work study program. There's two ways to get out early. You could do a work study program or you could do a college program. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. <laughs> right. So I went the work study route. And one of the paths that you could take was um going through computers. So like you could uh, do a, a computer class. I think it was like building websites and learning yeah, how to do keyboarding first. Yep. And you would go to websites, blah, blah, blah. And he um, says, okay, in your 11th and 12th grade year, it's the second half of 11th grade and all of 12th grade, if you get a job working with computers, then you can get out half day. So I was like, go oh, sign me up. <laughs> and I, uh, my favorite store at the time was Best Buy. Yeah. So I had a buddy that was working there, and it was just natural. I, I was in there you know, every week doing, buying a CD or whatever it was. And I got a job application. says, hey, I'd like to get a job here working with computers. So that way I can take it back to my guidance yeah. counselor and say, hey, here's my job with computers. I want to get out early. And that was my first sales job, um, selling computers.
0: Yeah. Do you remember like LimeWire and those things? Like, you're talking about buying buying CDs, but that was like the <laughs> yeah. Napster days. Napster, yeah, I had Napster, LimeWire. <laughs> yeah, Lime Wire, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't remember. It. It, it made it hard to sell uh, CDs because everybody was just you know pirating. Yeah, videos.
1: but it, there was just that thing, you know, like when a new CD came out, and you got it, and then, like sometimes the lyrics were in the yeah. cover. You'd open it up, so right, you know, I, I like that part. We're of dating it. ourselves again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> it seems so like so short, but yeah. then you say 20 years at the beginning of this, I'm like, oh my god, I feel yeah. so old. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, that's great. So then from uh, I imagine then, um, you know, you were successful there at Best Buy. Yeah.
1: So here, I'll tell you the story of yeah. how, you know, kind of like what brought me here. Right. So I, I started working at Best Buy and that's actually where I met my best friend at to this day. He was the best man at my wedding. Um, he was my supervisor and, uh, we, uh, developed a sales process, I, or he developed it, I don't know where it came from, but it was a sales process that took our store from like one of the lowest ranked. it was in Glen Burnie, Maryland. And we were one of the lowest ranked in um, in the country to one of the highest ranked. I think we were like in the top 5% or something like that. And basically all we were doing is, we called it solution selling, which was selling just yeah. a whole package. So a customer would come in for a computer, but we would sell them the computer, the printer, the cable, the ink, the, the warranty, the, the briefcase, everything that went along with the computer. And that's where you know they make all their money at is the warranties and and the accessories that go along with. That's why I never buy one, right? Yeah, me (laughs) either. So it was crazy. The the we would get employee discounts, and I remember the warranties on them things. You know, let's say a two hundred dollar warranty. When I would get the employee discount, I was eight bucks, right? So I would buy it then. (laughs) But yeah, not never today. But anyway. So uh, I, I was just – I was making minimum wage, selling computers, and I was very good at it. I just had just this natural uh, – Yeah, because it know, wasn't commission then, right? You no, zero commission, salary, yeah. zero commission. I had no idea really what I was doing or how good I was at it. Right. And I had a, um, I found myself actually uh, demoing uh, people from corporate where they like flew in. I don't know where they're based out of. But I remember they flew in and it was like this big ordeal. And I was the best sales rep in the department. And I remember demoing computers and the way that we sold them and the solution selling and how I was doing on the clipboard. And we had what's called says and do's, like Mm -hmm. things you say and do. And, And I was like demoing corporate because they wanted to know how our store went from one of the lowest ranked to one of the highest ranked in a matter of. A year. So it
0: wasn't Best Buy's sales strategy. That was a, something uniquely to correct. Okay. Correct.
1: Yeah, that was something that we did. I think my buddy Josh. I'll give him credit for that. Okay. He put these every Sunday morning. He would come in. We would get the circular, the ad. Yeah. Yeah. And he would <laughs> come in and look what was in the ad, and he'd build the packages. You yep. know, based on what things that we're going to put in it. And then a customer would come in for say a six hundred dollar desktop, and they'd walk out buying a twelve hundred dollar desktop with all the accessories and battery backups and everything that went along with it. So I did that for a couple years. And uh, I, I remember I got a phone call one day at Best Buy, and um, it was this guy, Mark. And he says, hey, Steve, this is Mark. Uh, you don't know me, but I know you. He's like, I've heard of you through the grapevine. You know, he used to work at Best Buy. Well, work travels fast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I heard of you, and I uh, heard you're pretty good at what you do, and I work over here at CompUSA as a sales manager, and I'd like you to be part of our team, and you make a hell of a lot more money than you're making now. And I was like, uh, he's like, just come down and have lunch with me. And it was actually in Columbia, where we're at now, yeah. Columbia, Maryland. And I was like, all right, I'll come have lunch with you. I'm all about making more money. And I went down and I had lunch with him. And he just explained to me how it worked and how commission worked. At that point, I I didn't know anything how commission worked. And uh, he's like, you know, you basically do the same thing you're doing now, selling the same products you're doing now. You can do it the same way you're doing now. And you can just make triple of what you're making now. And I was like, okay. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, sign me up. So then I left Best Buy and I went there working at CompuSA. And that was my first commission job. And I was, to this day, I'd never worked on anything but commission. Yeah. Like it was, I couldn't imagine it uh, because, you know, I had an ability to sell. So um, I was working there and then actually my buddy Josh ended up going to um, work at CompUSA as well. He was a sales manager, I think at one point a store manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Uh, i worked there for a little bit i remember my buddy josh he was a store manager because he got um the store in fairfax virginia uh, it was supposed to be temporary so he's like hey man i want you to come down and work with me in this store we're going to take this thing from the bottom to the top like we did at best buy and blah 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 and it's only temporary because it was like an hour hour you know with traffic sometimes two hour drive right, right. one way so i was like all right i'll do it you know like we'll we'll, we'll do it and um so we went down there, and it. I ended up working there. I think a little over two years, wow. and um. And then you know the drive was just too much. Uh, you know there was times I remember getting home it just so late. I spent more time driving than I did at, you know working. So I had an, I remember there was another buddy that I worked with uh, at Best Buy that I was still in contact with, who had went to Radio Shack. Yeah, um, selling <laughs> cell phones. Right, and he was telling me, "Hey, man, you're selling all those computers." He's like, "There's no profit margin in computers." He's like, "There's a lot of profit margin in cell phones. You should come to Radio Shack." Are you selling Blackberries? No, Razors? I didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't sell. So uh, when I started working at Radio Shack, uh, there was like they had tried the smartphone thing, like yeah. the, like the Palm PDAs and stuff like that that were like phones. Okay. And supposedly Radio Shack like lost a a b- bunch of money on it because like they you know nobody bought them. So it was before the iPhone. But after, like, they tried a smartphone approach. Okay. So, this was when, um, like, the Razer phone was really popular. So, um, I went to Radio Shack, and it was right around the corner from my house. It was an easy commute. I mean, I could ride a skateboard there. Right. And – so I started selling cell phones, and, I mean, that was great. It was very easy because I could sell a free cell phone. You know, you sign up for like a, a one- or two-year contract, and then they gave you the, the customer the phone for free. And then you would sell uh, like text messaging you get for one month free, but yeah. I would get a $5 spiff for selling you text messages. Sure, sure. So I would sign you up for a cell phone and make $30, $40, You know, for one phone, and then you'd have a family plan coming with five phones, yeah. right? And it was decent money. So I worked there for a while. And then my best friend, again, he keeps coming into the story. My best friend had uh, started a home improvement company selling fences and decks with yeah. his father-in-law. Yeah. So they, um, his father-in-law had installed, just to this day, he installs fences and decks. Um, I know he's done it all his life for all I know. And um, so Josh was like, hey, I'm good at sales. I could sell these fences and decks, and you can install them. And he went in business with his father-in-law. So, again, he contacted me and said, hey, Steve, come sell these fences and decks for me. Um you can make a lot more money doing home improvement sales. And so this was my introduction to home improvement. So I started going online. So this is how you got stuck. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that's how I got stuck. So I went online and I'm doing a little bit of research. And I remember the amount of money that they said you can make as a sales rep in home improvement. So I was like, that's unimaginable. Yeah, to a me. lot of
0: people don't know that you can make a really good living yes. doing it. Yeah.
1: I was like, uh, it, it was life changing. I remember telling my wife, yeah. I was like, man, if if what they say is true, I was like, this is life changing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's amazing they don't teach you that in school,
0: though. You know, you don't ever really learn much about sales. No. Yeah. You you in don't. School. Although you that's don't. you can. Make a lot of money you do make a lot yes yes i mean
1: some of the numbers i see people make i'm like it's crazy it's like doctor and lawyer yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) So yeah, I um it, it, the fun the funny part about this is my buddy said, okay, you know, come work for me. I'll, I'll train you how to do all the stuff. Whatever. He's like, the only thing is you have to pass a test. So in the state of Maryland, we have what's called the Maryland Home Improvement Commission. Yeah, I watched Tin Men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Maryland Home Improvement Commission requires you to not only have a license to be a contractor, but you have to have, also have to be, have a license to be a sales rep. So right. I used to always complain, like, you have to pay a fee and you know take a test. And renew that license every two years to go give people free estimates. You know, so yeah, it's crazy. It but um, so he's like, um, he had just started his company. He just went through the whole thing to pass his contractor license. And he was like, you know, you have to get this license before you can come sell. So I was like, okay, I'll go get the license. So I signed up for the test. He gave me the book. I went down. It was an open book test, and I took the test. So no fa- problem, right? That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, I'll pass this thing easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I failed it. Yeah. So uh, I remember I was like, man, I I, I can't believe. It. I later found out that the book that he gave me was the contractor book. that did have the information in it that I needed, but yeah. it was mainly the book. All the information in it was mainly to get your contractor's license. You know, the sales license book was one-tenth the size. Yeah. <laughs> so, I had to uh, see you during their flipping page. Yeah, pays. I'm like, yeah. I, I was confused because, like, right. I mean, I was like, I'll, I'll pass this thing, no problem. Sure. And, you know, was a, he's like, hey, it's in there. It's a 20, 30 questions, you know, whatever. I was like, it can't be that hard. Yeah. But it, I guess it was. And I and I failed it. And I went back to him. I'm like, oh, look, man, I'm going to have to stay at Radio Shack for a little bit. You know, I, I don't, you know, whatever. So, But I couldn't give up the fact of the amount of money that you could make in sure. a home improvement. So I kept looking online and I found this company um, who was hiring home improvements in my area um, called New Look Home Design. And I applied on them and actually I found them on Craigslist at the time. I mean, yeah. this, this was a while ago, yeah. 2009, I think this was. I found them on Craigslist and then I, I was on like monster jobs and I found them there and I'm like, man, this company keeps coming up You know, I'm going to give them a shot and we would see what they say. And my goal was to go work for a different company, maybe get an entry level position, learn the ropes, yeah. you know, a little bit, understand how the home improvement thing works, then go take the test and go work for my buddy. So I just wanted a little bit of experience under my belt. Gotcha. Also because my buddy was just starting out his business business i'm like man i'm good at selling electronics but i don't know how i would be in someone's house you know selling a ticket that is 10 times higher than what i'm used to selling. now did you You know know? what the the ticket sizes
0: were higher no i didn't put
1: all that together at that time but uh i did you know he was starting he was starting his business and i'm like i you know i think i will be good but i'm not a hundred percent and i don't want you know his business to fail as a result of me not being able to sell yeah so i applied at new look um To uh, to kind of learn the ropes. And what I later found out was they – you were allowed – I think it's up to 90 days or something. I don't know the exact number. But I could work under their salesman license, like the company's license, for a period of time while I was learning until I went and got my own. So they hired me on and and trained me. I remember initially they trained me on Windows. And I I still remember my interview. I went in and there was this guy, Rich, who was the sales manager at the time. And at the time, I I mean I was super – uh, uh i was a lot lighter than what i am now so i look super young uh <laughs> you know i was i think i was in my 20 early 20s but i looked like i was still in high school yeah. um yeah. tom which one of you other know, company? Oh, yeah which makes fun of me says steve came in with his grandfather suit it didn't even fit him you know because i was like dressed <laughs> yeah. up I, I remember i had to go i got a, a tie and a, and a shirt yeah. uh, a button-up shirt because i always wore polos to work so hmm. i went in there trying to look nice and um rich did the whole sell me a pencil thing which was kind of new to me even though I was in sales at retail but they never told me to sell him a pencil yeah right he's right. like hey sell me this pencil and i'm like I, I don't know he's like i was like here sign your name yeah yeah he's like <laughs> he's like yeah, hey, that's pretty good i was like okay well you need a pencil i got right. one i happen to have one so um that's better than opposed
0: to saying, look at this eraser and this pencil shiny. Right. You know. I was like,
1: hey, I need you to sign your name on this yeah. paper. He's like, I don't have a pencil. I was like, well, it just so happens I have one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it worked out. And uh, so he said he wanted to um, bring me in for a second interview with Patrick, which was the one who did all the interviews for like the sales guys. Right. Uh, but at the time, he, Patrick was on vacation. So he um, got with Tom, um, which is the other owner. And uh, Tom does more like the production and operation side. and um he said he set me up on an interview with Tom, and I remember um, Rich was like, "Hey, you know, you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you yeah. know, in, doing in-home sales." I'm like, I remember going home and telling my wife, I was like, "They said you can make a hundred thousand. Could yeah. you imagine making a hundred thousand dollars? Yes. That's crazy!" And um, so I was really excited about this job, and um, th- this was actually in 2009. It was right after like the economy tanked. Oh yeah, right? you couldn't. I couldn't find a job if I wanted to sure. for you know for more than ten, twelve dollars an hour, and. So my wife actually created me a pitch book. She said, here, I'm going to put this together, which was all my awards that I had gotten from Best Buy. There you go. <laughs> all of my you know, salesman of the month from like uh, CompUSA. Yeah. I had a ton of things from Radio Shack that we put in there. We had little plaques that we like photocopied. Right. And I basically made it, or my wife made it. I gave her credit. We still have the pitch book. And um, it was a three-ring binder, just a bunch of, of pictures of awards that I had gotten for sales. And I went in for my second interview. I basically, um, Tom was like one of the questions things, something along the lines of, you know, why, why should we hire you? And I says, well, here, let me show you. And I started flipping through my pitch book. I was like, I was salesman of a month this month and the following and the following. And I got second on this month, but I got it the next one. And I kept flipping through the book and showing them all the awards and certificates and how, you know, I would just always rank the highest at every sales position I was at. And I said, as a matter of fact, I was like, I'm not sure I've never done home improvement sales. I was like, but I'll go on a limb and say, if I'm not number one within 90 days, I was like, I will probably leave because I won't be good enough. Pretty I was, uh, brave, yeah. Brave. <laughs> so and and that I mean, I was very confident in an yeah. interview because I I told my wife I was like, either I'm going to be the best or I will not be able to do it. I think yeah. like, there will be no in between with me. And. So I got the job and I remember I went into training. Uh, training was like two weeks and I was learning Windows and it was, it was like redundant to me. I was basically just tell me about the product knowledge right. and I wanted to use what I learned at Best Buy. To this day, it's the best sales training I've ever received was at Best Buy uh, where they just taught me about the says and do's and how to overcome objections and you know just identifying the customer's needs and then solution selling instead of what i call feature selling or what they called feature selling you know it's like this thing does a bunch of things you know and here's a list of all the things that do but if you can't relate that to a problem that it solves for the customer then it doesn't really land on that customer yeah
0: there's a really good book i've read called gap selling yeah uh, by keenan he talks about you know present state future state and filling that gap and and uh, it's it's a really important thing for, for sales reps and salespeople to be successful, is to understand that and not not lean on like the features
1: of a product. Exactly. But, yeah. So I took that knowledge and I still remember my first lead, it was a window lead, uh, it was a rental property, which if anybody in here is selling home improvements, they know how hard <laughs> it is to sell a rental property on a one call close. Yeah. So the yeah, the company I worked for was a canvassing company. So they would go around knocking on doors, a lot of times they would set up same day leads where I would have to go out that day and sell it. And I remember this one was a rental property. And I don't think it was the same day, but it was, I still remember the lead like it was yesterday. And I went out there and it was for four windows um, the guy just wanted the four windows on the front of the house replaced because the, the tenant was complaining about the windows. Okay. Um, and it wasn't the guy's house. He was very awkward sitting in the house because it, you know, wasn't his furniture. Oh, or right, anything. Right. You know, so uh, he he was trying to get me out there super quick. But I sold. They probably it. just wanted the lowest price too. I he imagine, wanted right? the lowest yeah. price, cheapest yes. grade, lowest yep. price. Like. So I was like overcoming them. And again, this is my first one. They don't teach you in training how to overcome objections right. like on a on a rental property. So I was, you know, just telling him, hey, you know, well, this and the resale value, and I was like, just trying everything that I can to get this guy to buy and i ended up selling him the whole house of windows so he wanted just the four in the front (laughs) yeah i ended up selling the whole house of windows the guy ended up canceling (laughs) (laughs) he did end up canceling the contract but it was a win for me it was a win because i i got to turn that in i was like hey here's my first lead i i I can do it you know i if i can sell this and i I, gave you the confidence that you needed yeah yeah so then i remember i ran my second lead i still remember that lead it's not worth talking about but i didn't sell it yeah Um, It was it was a yeah, it wasn't a good lead. Um, And then my uh, third lead I ran, I still remember that one. And this was a lady that would not allow me in her house. So I had she had a little bench outside in her garden. And I uh, it was for a whole house full of windows. But her husband didn't want anything to do with the appointment and said that he was not buying windows. So she he wouldn't let a sales rep into the house. The wife wanted windows. So she sat out. On a park bench, but I gave it a hundred percent. I remember it got I'm sitting there for three hours. it's dark out. I'm swatting mosquitoes off of my arms, yeah. trying to pitch this lady using a flashlight yeah. you know to show her some of the things. And I signed it up for sixteen thousand dollars, and it went through, and I remember I had to go back the next day to get the financing paperwork signed, and I finally got to meet the husband and he and got him on board. I was like, "Hey, look here it is. it, it was She had already gotten him on board, but he had to sign the paperwork, and that deal went through. And then it was kind of off to the races, yeah. right, right out of the gate. I remember there was this guy, um, at, they, they had this hierarchy of senior reps and junior reps, right? Senior reps, they got a little bit of extra commission. I think they were there longer, they approved sure. themselves. Um, they got all the good leads, you know, and they had the senior reps and junior reps. And my first uh, full month, I remember I did 60K in revenue which at, at the time, I mean, that was a lot. The company wasn't that big. Sure. Um, matter of fact, 100K was like a milestone. You got a, your name on the wall if you did 100K. Yeah. And uh, I think at the time it had only been hit and hit four times. Like It had you know, only been achieved four times. So I did 60K my first month, which was a very solid month. I think the bonus at that time was 30K. If you had 30K, you were in bonus territory. There you go, yeah. Yeah. So I did 60, and I remember there was a senior rep that said to me, um, I, I told him he did 80 that month and I says, Oh man, I was like, almost had you. He had a $30,000 sale come in the last day of the month. That was a B back. Uh, so you got, you almost beat him. Yes. Yeah. He beat me the last day of the month with yeah. a B back. Yeah. And, um, I said to him, I went up to him, I was like, Hey man, I was like, you had a hell of a month, you know, great job on the end. I was like, almost had you. I was like, almost had you. And he just looked at me like real cocky. And he's like, he's like, I would never let a junior rep beat me. And, and like, that was – like, I was, ch- like, so excited. You know, like, I had a great month. He had a great month. Like, I was just, you know, getting a decent paycheck. And he made that comment. It just lit a fire under me. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to smash him. Yeah.
0: And I th- I think it's important, too, the fact that, like, I, you referenced a little bit uh, earlier in that story that you, uh, you know, sold that lead to that lady who wouldn't let you in the house mm-hmm. or her husband wouldn't let you in the house. Uh, I think a lot of sales reps, uh, you know, just would, you know, uh, no-show that lead. Or they just – they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't put a full effort into it so yeah. i think that definitely helps to make you successful. It's just, you know, give everything, even on those leads where you don't think you have a chance. Yep. You just never know.
1: Right. So my philosophy on those was, you know, there are times that you, you, you get discouraged, right? You right. get the lead where the customers just, you know, don't want you in the house and you know it's not going to be a sale. Right. But my I um I always call it like groundhog day with for me. So I, I always try to erase my memory of what happened on the last lead yeah. and go to the next lead with a complete open mind because sales reps it gets in their head. I've seen so many very talented reps where, you know, the last sale or last couple leads that they ran um, just wasn't that good. And, you know, mentally they just get drained. They go to their next lead and it, um, you know, they pitch miss it because yeah. it's all in their head. So um, mine, mine was like Groundhog Day. Every day I'm like, okay, it's going to be good. And I, I always said, you know, I'm going to pitch miss. I'm not going to sell hundred 100%, 100% of the leads that I don't pitch. Yeah. So, if I pitch that lead of the lady that won't let me in her house and just give it a shot, even if it's a 1% chance, it's still more than zero. Yeah, right. So, you know, and and most of the time you won't sell that lead, but, uh, you know, sometimes you will. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I uh, with that guy who said that he would never let a junior rep beat me, the next month I doubled his revenue. So, I think I did like 120K and he did 60K. Wow. And I didn't, you know, I just wanted – he knew – that you know i was like thinking like hey i i, I know what a comment is but he right. like never said anything about it and he ended up quitting no like, kidding yeah he ended up quitting and then there was another guy which was like the um i, I consider him a smart kid in a dumb class because he was like put on this pedestal that he was this greatest sales sure. rep and you know he got all the good leads and all that stuff And i'm like i can sell better than he can yeah. you know they just don't know it yet yeah and um so and then I eventually proved myself and then I I passed that guy. My first full year I was there. I got sale, I actually got I think I got second. I I started in July and I got second for Salesman of the Year. Um my first full year I got salesman of the year, um, which I think I had six hundred and thirty thousand in revenue, it was a much smaller company than it is now. Yeah. Um and then I worked there for seven and a half years and um I got salesman of the year for seven years. So wow, seven years in a row, I got salesman a year. And I was just looking at um, the little trophy things that I had. The first year I won, it was 636000 in revenue. The last year was $1.87 million net, wow. net revenue. So yeah. like three times the wow. thing. So that's that's kind of the story of how I got into sales. I was um, you know gifted in sales. Sure. I still consider myself a salesman I think first. you put in the hard work, though, too, right? In order to go to a home that you
0: don't think is... You have a chance in closing and to actually close it, I think.
1: Right. So, in in all of that, right? So, I was like the beginning and the end of like sales and home improvements. But I was, uh, you know, getting to Leap, right? So, we're on here. It's Leap's podcast. So, um, to talk about how the Leap came about, early on, right out of the gate when I came out of training... Um, I had I had this briefcase. So it looks like I'm moving into people's house because I had like right. a window, uh, like a small window, uh, demo window. I'm sure I, a lot of people can relate that are, yes, that are listening. Yes, if you're in, listening, yeah. you're doing <laughs> in-home sales, they're not in their heads. <laughs> yes, right, right, now. right I had the window. I had the suitcase thing that had all the parts to the window to show how it was made and yeah. constructed. And then I had my briefcase, you know, that was big. Sometimes I had to make two trips to get into the house. And then if I was pitching multi-products, that's a whole nother story. I mean, I had their whole kitchen and dining room covered with yep. things. So... I go into, um, I come out of training, and I have my my um, briefcase that has. I remember had three three ring binders, which was one was had my price guide in it that had windows, roofing, siding, doors, et cetera, Just a bunch of little sleeves that had all different pricing. I had another one that was the pitch book, which was like a brag book about the company and why they should buy from me, and yep. you know it had all of my. Company story and all that stuff in it, uh, and then I had another one, which was basically a bunch of dividers that had all the paperwork that I needed, so it had all my measure sheets for all the different products it had all the contracts for each product, um, and then it had like addendums and and credit applications and right. stuff like that in it um, and then of course, I had all the brochures right if you put all the brochures out there about an inch and a half thick of brochures because I had multiple copies copies of every brochure. Because I would run leads, you know, multiple times a day and I wouldn't always get back to the office. Everything. Right. So uh, going back to like my high school, what I learned in high school, I remember I took a, a class on Excel, in Excel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I could take all the math that I'm doing to calculate a price and I can put it in an Excel spreadsheet. So I, that's what I've done. I, I took everything that was in my price guide, put it in an Excel spreadsheet. That way I could just type in my measurements. So I had a measure sheet that I would fill out. Uh, with paper on a clipboard and then I would take the measurements from that and my Excel spreadsheet basically mirrored those measurements. Right. So I just type in my numbers and then it would spit out the price for the different product. Now, how long ago was this? This was in 2000, this was probably 2010. 2010. And, and believe it or not, I
0: still talk to contractors that still run off of an Excel I've spreadsheet. I've seen some <laughs> crazy spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, through
1: the years signing customers up and they say, hey, this is what we use now and they show me some of them spreadsheets that blow mine out of the water yeah. and I felt mine would, was, yeah. was pretty advanced. But it's amazing how, how you know, I'm sure
0: you're going to talk about it more about how you transition from you know the paper version to the Excel version to kind of where Leap is. Correct. So what's that? How did that transformation take place? Yeah.
1: So um, I built this Excel spreadsheet that I used um, for about a year and a half, and the iPad 2 had came out. I remember my sister-in-law had purchased the very first iPad, and I was like, "Oh, that thing's neat." But you know, I was—I think I had a Palm Pre at the time. It was like mm-hmm. this clamshell slide phone. It was like yeah. the latest yeah. and greatest, <laughs> and I. Uh, the iPad 2 came out, and it was the first one with the camera. And I was like, "Oh man, that thing's neat! I'm going to go buy one of those." So I did. Went and bought one. And my intention initially was to use it for work. So I was like, "Hey, I could put and you know, do my pricing on there, um, you know, math, put my spreadsheet, blah, blah blah." But at the time, Microsoft Office didn't exist right. on an iPad back then. And I didn't didn't put two and two together. So I basically had like I don't know, let's say it was a thousand dollars at the time. I had a thousand dollar tablet that I could play Angry Birds. Yeah, right. Angry that's, Birds. Yeah. That's, that's all. That's all it really did. I remember, yeah. like, there wasn't
0: much I could, I could check an email. I could play Angry Birds. That was about it. I think after I bought my first one, it sat around like a paperweight for six months yeah. or so. It's like, it was really exciting, but it didn't have the functionality Correct. that I needed it to. Yeah.
1: All the apps and stuff just weren't yeah. there. So I found myself as like a, a big iPhone, but at the time I didn't have an iPhone either. Yeah. So after I bought the iPad, um, I bought an iPhone. And the two were like And That made it a lot, lot nicer because you know, like the text message and stuff will come over. Um, and then I bought a, a, a Mac laptop. And that was like my introduction to Apple. So yeah. now I had the phone, the iPad, and the you laptop. Were stuck
0: in the ecosystem. Stuck, now. and I've <laughs> been stuck ever since. Yeah.
1: So uh, that's when you know, in home improvement sales, it's very seasonal. Yeah. So in the winter time, like it got very slow, and there were times where I wouldn't run a lead for a week, two weeks. You know. So I had a lot of downtime and my wife was at work, kids were at school, or whatever. So I would be you know, sitting at home looking for something to do. It's cold outside. I don't want to go outside. So um, I went back to like my computer days in high school and I was like, you know, I want to take that to the next step. I learned how to make a website, but I would love to learn how to make an app. And uh, I remember on the iPad, I was looking, you know, just looking through and I seen the iBooks app. So I went into iBooks on the iPad and just searched for like computer programming books. And then a bunch popped up and I did a little bit of research of like what to look for to program on the iPad and the phone. Sure. And I found this book had pretty high ratings. It was only seven dollars. And um and I, and I bought it and it was like introduction to Objective C programming. So I was like, all right, let's give this thing a shot. At this time I know nothing about computer programming. Yeah. I've done a little bit of HTML and that was like a, just a, a drag and drop kind of like editor. I could I knew how the HTML tags worked, but I didn't know what the naming, like I couldn't build a website from scratch.
0: Yeah. My extent with HTML is like Back when MySpace would let you like do whatever you wanted in there, I had this completely custom MySpace account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I
1: did, it, yeah. Well, I did it on uh, it was Angel Fire. Oh so yeah, which is oh, before sure. MySpace. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that was my first foray. Yeah, and it. I was always copy and pasting the the code right, right that that went in. But I, ne- I I I would not consider myself a programmer at all. Sure. I could do Excel. Yeah. I understood you know enough. But anyway, I started reading this book, and I remember in the book I, I actually owe a lot of credit to this book. I'd like to meet the author one day, actually. <laughs> but I. Uh, I owe a lot of credit to it because I remember in the beginning of the book he said, "You know, if you're reading this, you pretty much have no knowledge of it." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. You know, no, no knowledge of programming." And, and there's going to be a lot of things in this book which just make no sense to you. And, and he says, um, "Just stick with it." And as you get to the end of the book, you're going to have a lot of aha moments, like, "Ah, oh, I get it." You know, and you uh, connect right. the dots and you know? go back and read that chapter, or whatever. So I stuck with it. And I worked my way all the way through the book. And that first book, you actually don't build an app. It just teaches you the basics of, you know, you type in some text into like, you know, if you think of like uh, the matrix where it's like all the ones and zeros. And it's it's a little bit above that, but it's a a terminal is what they call it. You type in text and it spits out different text. So that's all it did. And then that same author had a follow-up book to that one, which was Introduction to Visual Programming in Objective-C, which then showed you how to use all the buttons and the switches and wire all the code to the text fields, the buttons, sure. the switches, the sliders, all that stuff. So I went through that book, and it was um, – uh, at the end of that book, you end up building a small small app. I think it was like a body mass index calculator app. Yep. And, and you build that. And then I was like, okay. Uh, at the end of that book, it says – Go out and build an app that you would use yourself, you know, and that's the best way you're going to learn. You know all the basics now. Right. Go out and build an app that, um, you know, you would use yourself. Something that would solve a problem. You yep.
0: And at this time, the, your problem, I'm assuming, was?
1: Well, it, well the spreadsheet kind of, okay. but uh, I was still using my spreadsheet. So I right. didn't really, I mean, that was working for me. So initially, I had started on a, a guess app which oh, okay. was a, a, an app that I could type in my mileage and every sure. time I filled up gas, how many gallons and how much it was, and it would tell me. But then I, on, I went on the App Store and there's a hundred of them that do the <laughs> exact same thing better than what I could do. Yeah. So um, then it, it just it naturally came that, hey, I'm going to replace the functionality of my spreadsheet on an iPad app. And, you know, I threw something together very quick. I mean, it took me a week and I had b- the basic math. The, no the app doing the math uh, it's nothing like it is today sure and I was using that and I remember taking it into the office and showing all the other reps you know and I had respect because I was the top sales rep and they've seen you know w- what I could do sales wise but then I would show them this app and it, if I, I would love to dig it up but if you go back and look at it I mean it was trash I thought the thing was <laughs> was, was glorious like yeah. I thought I would discovered fire when I was showing it to them but I, I think the the point
0: behind that though is that it really solved the problem yeah that, that you and the other sales reps had yeah with, with the way that you used to sell. Right.
1: So, but w- w- what happened is like when I made that first prototype uh, and was able to use it in a house, like my mind, like I, I seen what Leap. You know, can be like, sure. and it wasn't even Leap at the time. I right. just seen what this app could be. It called like Estimate or something. We could, yeah. So it was called Nothing at the time. Okay. It was like Steve's app, is yeah, what everybody yeah. called it. <laughs> but uh, there was a sales rep that I worked with, and he came in one morning and said, Hey, I have a great, great name for that app. I was like, Okay, hit me. and He said, Estimate. He's like, Put a play on the word mate, you know, because right. it's like by your side all the time. I was like, Oh, I like it. And it's an estimate, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's what I named it for the longest time. It was called Estimate. But then when we made it a company, we didn't want to be tied to just an estimator because yeah, right. it, by that time, when we made it a company, it did so much more than right. just an estimator. Right. Um, which I'll go to through how we came up with the name, you know, in a minute. But um anyway, we were um uh, I was using this app, and I was running leads while you know while using this app, and I was making all the mistakes that sales reps make. So you know, I would go in, and I remember at the end of my lead, we're supposed to go in and update our lead results into the CRM. I would forget, you know, it's just sure. out of sight, out of mind. I was done with my appointment. I was driving on the way home. That doesn't make you money. It makes right. money being exactly. home selling, right? Exactly, <laughs> and I would forget. So it got so bad that uh, um, the company started putting a fifty dollar fee on reps that didn't do it because they had, you know, in order to get their job done, you know, in the office the next morning, all the reps had to update their lead results. Right, right. And reps weren't updating the results and they didn't know what happened to the lead, blah, blah, blah. So they started putting a $50 fee on it and it took one of those fees for me. I was I was ticked. Yeah. And I'm like, I, that's never going to happen to me again. I'm always going to remember to update my lead results. So I put like a little notification in the app that says, okay, if you if you open the app, start an appointment and then close it, you have X time where the thing starts alerting you to say, hey, you need to update your lead result. Yes. Yeah. Um which is in the app today. Like that is a thing yeah, that it's it, a valuable feature yeah. too. Yeah. Um and but I, I would make mistakes. Like i uh, I'll give you a a good example. I, w- I, I still remember this lead I ran where um it was a, a a townhouse and they had a homeowners association that required beige windows on the front of the house. Uh the windows that I sold, I sold two different kinds and my top of the line ones were the only ones that came in beige. Um, the customer had a also like a little sunroom like it was like a screen and porch turned into a sunroom on the back so they wanted a price on windows on the whole house front and back as well as the sunroom Uh, it came down to it where the customer wanted a price on the top of the line on the front because they needed the beige they wanted the white top of the line on the back because they didn't want to pay for the beige upgrade you know on the back of the house it was a townhouse so didn't matter and then they wanted the cheap windows in the the sunroom Mm -hmm. uh so because they didn't you know wasn't heated and air conditioned, all that stuff they didn't care so i found myself no i mean i had to go back to paper i was like in order to price that up i have never considered in any of my spreadsheet or the app that i was using at the time to price up windows with three different kinds or series of windows so i had a little notepad uh, on my ipad a little notes app and i put on there you know that specific scenario and it says I need to figure out a way to be able to price that up super quick because when I'm sitting across the table from Mr. and Mrs. Jones I want to be able to have all of my time focused on closing the deal I don't want to have to take time Pricing it up and and reworking numbers and calculating financing and doing all that stuff, right? filling out paperwork. Because I remember there are times where you're like, okay, well, uh, you know that specific example. If I I were to say, hey, Mrs. and Mrs. Jones, give me a minute to work that up, right? And I have to go back to my calculator, my price book, and math. Even if it takes two minutes to do that, that's two minutes that Mr. and Mrs. Jones can go start dinner. Yeah, you're going to lose their attention. Yeah, give the kids a bath, whatever it's going to be. And then my chances of closing a deal when one of the parties leave the table – plummet right. so i always wanted to keep them engaged and only have a, a finite amount of time to keep them engaged so by using technology i was able to just quickly calculate those prices and anything where i found an inefficiency in the seven years that i was running leads i made my app make that more efficient yeah so as i um as i uh, was programming that i realized hey this programming can do so much more than excel yeah. So I can I can have it generate PDFs, I can have it connect to APIs where I can push into different CRMs, I can push data to lenders. Um and that's really what I started to do. Um and then kind of like to bring the whole thing together like how we got here today, uh I actually got it to a point where the whole company adopted it. Uh, you know, every sales rep in that company was about 30 to 40 at this time, sales reps that were using it. It was polished. We worked out all the kinks, you know, it was scaling with the company and, uh, reps who were using it started to contact me when they would go work for somebody else. They said, Hey, I was using that app over at new look. Yeah. I'm now working for this company and I have to go back to the, <laughs> I don't go know, back to paper. Yeah. I'm going back, back to, to the stone age. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember telling them, I was like, Hey, I can't, I can't, um, make it work for your company It only work for this company you know i'm running leads this thing is kind of polished i don't want to spend any more time on it with another company blah 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 and after about the fourth or fifth time there's a company that um, you know was very persistent and said, hey, you know, I like to really use this thing. And they seem like a good candidate, good people to work for. And I said, okay, I'm going to make this work for you guys. And um, I went back to the owners of New Look and said, hey, man, I'm going to give this thing a shot and see what happens. I think this thing can be big because uh, this company that I was selling it to, the, the owner of the company actually sat on the board of the Maryland Home Improvement Commission. Yeah. So I'm like, if he c- don't have a solution for all these problems that I have solved – then nobody has a solution for all right. these problems I solve because this guy see you know interacts with contractors every day. You know, he sits at the board of a of a state, you know, level agency. So um he was very interested in the app and, you know, we signed him up. I made it work for him. It was super successful. They're a customer to this day. Um and yeah, so then uh that's when I realized, hey when we went to market, like when we said, okay, this is going to be a business, and we went to market, we already had – it wasn't just an idea. It was already a product that was already proven to work. It had already scaled with another right. company. You know, a lot of software companies are like, hey, I have this idea. I got to go raise money, and we're going to build it, and then we got to get a pilot. And, and then we, you got to get product market fit Yeah, go through all that. Exactly. You,
0: you found it. This came – because of the problems you were experiencing Exactly. A sales
1: yeah, when when Leap became a business the product was 7 years old. Right. You know, right. so I think a would... lot of
0: people don't know that, you know, they hear Leap Oh yeah. yeah, you know I heard of I, I just heard about them a year ago or two years ago or right. whatever it may be, and they don't realize how much went into it yeah. and how long it's actually been. Right. But so yeah,
1: it's a, so what we're a little over ten years now, I think yeah. a total. Like the software is ten years old. It's been polished for that long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we took this thing to market, and it was actually it was so cool. Uh, we're like an app that you know I initially created in my bedroom, you know, as a hobby, and then here I had multi millions of dollars being pushed through this thing. Reps, depending on it, I mean, they're making a ton of money off of it, it's making their lives easier. One of the best compliments I got was um, we were uh, doing a testimonial from a customer of ours, and he says, um, He's like, Man, Leap is the greatest thing to happen to our company. He's like, As a matter of fact, he's like, It's not just about the company. He's like, Leap finally gave me my weekends back. Yeah. He's like, you know, before I was in it, working in the business all the time and, you know, just doing this and doing that, just trying to make, stay afloat. He's like, and you know, on the weekends, I was doing all the other stuff to, that I couldn't do during the week when I had downtime. Sure. You know, and he said Leap was able to give me my weekends back because all the other stuff was just automated and pushed where it needed to go. I didn't have to do all that stuff. Man, yeah. it was a great compliment. So I'm like, man, that re- affected somebody's life. Like yeah, this app sure. affected somebody's life. It wasn't just about the business. Yeah. So it was really cool. And it was kind of like overwhelming at first when we took it to market because we had so many people that was hey this this is exactly what i so many times i 've been told that if I was to build an app for my business, this would be it yeah. which it's a kind great of make, compliment yeah, it is, yeah. and it makes sense because this app was built from the inside out, sure, like always one of the sales things I used to do when I was pitching this thing like when I was actually selling it um, is this app, you know, most software is built from what I call the outside in. Like yeah. a lot of the good software out there is built by manufacturers, which sure. is, you know, the manufacturers are, are very far removed from the kitchen table. Right. The sales rep sitting at the kitchen table. Um, and most of the time manufacturers interact with either distributors or um purchasing agents, right? So they don't interact with the actual sales rep that's sitting at the kitchen table. Maybe the sales manager and that's as deep as they go. I think it's a good point. There, there are many layers removed from Correct. the actual interaction yeah. that yes. happens at the content yeah. So like they're, you know, again, they're, they're good apps. Like I remember Provia built a door app sure. and I remember when that thing came out I was like, oh man, this thing is great but it doesn't do my roofing, it doesn't do my siding, it doesn't do the contract, it doesn't do financing, it doesn't do a bunch of stuff. It does their products very, very well but I can't do the rest of my sales process so I still have to have, now I have two processes, one to sell a door and one to sell everything else. Yeah. So now right. now you have to train to do that so then it was just like well we're just not going to use the other app so we can only train one process so leap was you know we tied every step of the sales process into one software and tied it into all the things that are good so you know what makes our app great it was built from the inside out the end user built it and one of the things uh patrick always said it's a good point is if you look at the the average um Tenureship of a sales rep in the home improvement industry—it's probably six months to a year right. before they either go work for someone else, or look for a, a different industry, or look to get promoted. Yeah. Um, so I was able to do it for seven, which yeah. you know was above average. I was at the top level of it, um, right? So I mean, that's hard to do too—to stay in it for that long and at the top. I was also a gifted computer programmer, so I was able to build the app, which kind of removed all of the other. Uh, things that would go along with building an app, like yeah. focus groups and you know hiring developers and hiring agency and all that stuff. So, you know, we ended up with a product that was tailor fit for this industry.
0: That's great, Steve. So, how did you how did you come up with the name Leap?
1: Yeah. So when when we were thinking of names, uh, you know, initially we had the Estimate name. That's what I mentioned earlier. And we were trying to. uh, We knew that this was a big step forward for the industry, right? Our industry is still one of the only ones left untapped with technology. So, if you think of any other industry, you know, there's apps for everything. You're going in, you know, you're checking yourself out at the grocery store. You're scanning barcodes. Like everything is digitized. I think I heard.
0: I think I heard home improvement and agriculture were like the last two. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
1: Agriculture. Didn't think of that one. But yeah, it's there's. Uh, you know, there really technology is, has not been adopted. Um, so we knew that uh, switching people over from what they're doing now, because it's kind of like if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But they don't realize that it's broke. So switching them over to something digital is going to be a big move forward. So we lo- started looking up synonyms for um, moving forward, like a big change. And the first couple one, the first one, uh, we a bunch came up, and the first one that we actually decided on was propel. I'm like, hey, you know, it. And we also wanted a name that was short and um, like that we could kind of, it wasn't um, specific to the industry sure. because, you know, we didn't want to be tied to home improvements. Like sure. if we wanted to use it in other, we have people who actually use it out of the home improvement industry. Right. Um, but we wanted it to just be a generic name that really meant nothing that we could kind of make it mean. You know, when we say it, you know that it's the home improvement software or the software. Um, uh you know that we have or that we're selling so uh we started with propel and that first customer that we signed up i had said to them uh they had said to me hey did you decide on a name for the app yet because i told them hey right now it's called estimate but we're going to change that um and then when i was signing them i was like hey have you decided on a name i was like yeah i think we're going to go with propel and they're like oh like the water and then instantly I was like, well, that's the first thing that came into my yes. mind too. <laughs> and I was like, no, not, well, I guess we can't do that because, you know, now we would have to overcome the whole water thing. And I didn't even think of that. So that was like a good test. Yeah. You know, like a that, litmus was, test. Yeah. Right. If that was a good, uh, a good name or not. So then we went back to the drawing board. And, um, and then leap was a good, you know, moving forward, a big jump, a leap forward. And then we thought, Hey, you know, that the the logo, I could see the logo on it. Like maybe like a little swoosh of a frog jumping or, you know, something like that. We ended up with the three frogs jumping and, um, you know, that's really where it came about. It was just a, a synonym for moving forward, a big step forward and changing, your business process and just the industry as a whole, you know, it's going technology, which, you know, today I think we're at a point where the industry is ready to shift to digital because, you know, the younger generations come up, you know, the millennials, you know, to say that the new uh, management, the new business owners are Absolutely. taking over the yeah. businesses, they're the new sales reps, they're not afraid of technology. They they grew up with technology. And, um, you know, we we have found these people are coming in and they're looking at all the inefficiencies that, you know, the way the company is being ran now, and they're like, we have got to change this and, you know, and, and make it better. I appreciate
0: you giving us kind of that backstory and, and how Leap got to where it is today. Um, as
1: we wrap up here, I wanted
0: to ask you, uh, you you were really successful selling with New Look, and I know you mentioned, you know, you're kind of going to give it like a, a 90 days or 30 days even to see like, is this for you? What, uh, you know, what advice would you give to uh, new sales reps that are that are maybe just getting started or considering getting started? uh you know to make sure that they um, can be successful
1: Yeah, so the one you had mentioned like that, they call it gap selling, which I call it solution selling. So one of the things I think sales reps make the biggest mistake with selling is they know all of the features and functionality of whatever product, whatever widget they're selling. This isn't anything I made up. This is like sales in books and stuff, right? So they understand the product and what is good about the product, but they don't understand how to connect it to the customer's lifestyle. And, you know, when I go into a customer's house and I'm selling a roof, I'm trying to figure out what their hot buttons are, things that they really like, things that they can relate to. Shingles that have fell in their yard that they have seen, or you know, uh, you know, the wife might like the look of the roof, and I find out, hey, and then so then everything that I'm pitching is about what the customers' interests are and what their likes are and what their lifestyle setting is. So, like cell phones, I was always, you know, just talking about, hey, you know, get a hold of the kids and like real life scenarios. I wasn't talking sure. about how you know you have the little uh, snake game on there. Like right. they, they don't the kid, I would I'd tell the kid, you know, hey, let's check this thing out. You know, it's this little snake game on there. So I think the the that's where I've seen a lot of. Reps who are, who are they're talented. And they can sell, but if they were able to connect the the product features to the solution for that customer, they would sell a hell of a lot more and for a higher price.
0: Yeah, that's great advice, and uh, uh, it, it's applicable across you know any any, trade. any industry, yeah. 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 any industry. Well, awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate the time today, Steve. This has been really good. Uh, really uh, excited that you came on and shared your story with us. So, uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow one of our social channels. Until next time, see you.